Well, you found me again. You are listening to, in some weird postmodern way, the personal blog of Kenneth John Odell. That's me. When I was younger, I thought that by now we would have flying cars, we would have silver jumpsuits to wear that always stayed clean and kept us cool in the summer and warm in the winter, and robots would be mowing our lawn. Instead, I'm rationing toilet paper and washing socks and underwear in my bathtub. Also, a giant Cheeto full of hate and vanity is the President of the United States of America. Folks, welcome to 2020. Today is Saturday, May 9th, 2020, and you are listening to episode number 10 of the Silent Noise Project. This is the Everything You Touch Is Now Contaminated episode. Hello. Um, This has not been an easy episode to put together for a lot of reasons. Uh, Certainly, the current pandemic does not have anybody's mental health in a great place. Um, My mental health has not been super great this year to begin with, and that didn't really help. So, uh, The People's Revolutionary Podcast Naming Committee originally thought that this could be named the Clip and Bottle Show, because I changed up my workflow a while ago when I got this new microphone and I was recording a bunch of clips, and I thought, well, I don't feel mentally up to it. I'll just put a bunch of clips together. Uh, And it turned out that all my clips sucked. So, note to self, if you're going to record clips, record good clips and not sucky clips. Um, uh, Things have changed a little bit, though. Um, The weather is better, so that has definitely helped my mental health. Um, I've worked on my zine and I've almost got it done, and probably I'm looking for end of May to get that out there, which is a good thing, because that's about a year overdue. Um, I've got three three short chapters for you this, this time around. Uh, chapter one is I'm going to discuss what aliens actually are, because aliens are the only paranormal thing that I have a good theory that explains it. Uh, chapter two, I'm going to talk about a great podcast that has helped out my mental health quite a bit. Um, because the one thing that does help my mental health is when the weather's good, I go outside and I go for a nice long walk, like an hour. And it helps if you have a good podcast to listen to. And what I've been listening to lately is the Kryptonaut podcast. And I found out about them from Mike and Mateo over at the Whatcast. And I think I've talked about the Whatcast already. So the Kryptonaut podcast is just great. I'm going to talk about that in Chapter 2. And then in Chapter 3, I'm going to talk about mental health because that's something that we should all probably be thinking about and discussing a little bit more openly these days. Um, I hope if nothing else comes out of this pandemic, we are at least uh, more willing as a society to talk about mental health and mental health issues. That's my thought, um, and that's my hope. So for now, let's listen to some damn music. (laughs) 
that's the Get Up Kids with their song, 10 Minutes. And my God, that's just fucking fantastic. I first played that song, uh, I don't know, early on in the early days of Project Wide Awake. I loved it then. I loved it now. Um, it's just sometimes you find a song that can can get up inside you and you have like tender spots that just need to be massaged a little bit. And for me, that song is one of them. I've got another one that I'm going to play at the end of the podcast that I also played early on in uh, Silent Noise Project. Or sorry, um, Project Void Awake. Getting all my stuff confused. Um, but God, that's a great song. So I'm going to tell you two interesting things about that. Uh, the first one is um, that song so fulfills me that I never, ever thought, well, what other music have the Get Up Kids done? And so when I decided to put it in this podcast, I, I went on YouTube to look, and my friends, I was richly rewarded. And you are now, too, because I have put a couple of uh, YouTube videos at the end of the show notes so that you can see some of the other range that uh, the Get Up Kids have. It's just wonderful stuff. It's just amazing. Um, uh, what's the other thing? Oh, yeah. There's a line on there, and I have always heard it as pocket sensi. And I thought, this guy is walking around with a little sensi in his pocket, like a little miniature Mr. Miyagi that he carries with him everywhere that gives him advice and encouragement and chastises him. You know, Danielson, wax on or wax off. There is no try. And I just thought, oh, my God, that's so, that's such a cool concept. And then as I thought about putting it into this episode, I realized that cannot possibly be the fucking lyric to that. So I looked up the lyrics as well, and it's actually pockets empty, as in I have nothing in my pockets. And I thought, well, you know, in the context of the song, that actually makes a lot more sense. But... um I kind of like my miniature Mr. Miyagi version a little bit better, and I think I'm going to stick with that myself for a while. Um, anyway, here's something else for you. Take Sears back to school and study the selection of jeans, all at 25% savings. Graduate to casual denim and western-style tough skins, all sizes for boys and girls, 25% off. Test the fit of Sears Action Blues Flex Jeans. They stretch with you in style for just $19.99 a pair. And smart guys wear denim and garment wash denim thumbs-up jeans, as well as denim and stretch denim Robux. For 25% off back-to-school jeans, you can count on Sears. Uh, so anyway, now we are at chapter one. Now that we have the preliminaries out of the way, ten minutes in. Jesus. Um, so chapter one, aliens are real. Now, I have had a lifelong fascination with the paranormal. Uh, but when I went to college, I actually studied science. And I do think that there's a rational explanation for a lot of things. But sometimes you get those things that there is not a good explanation for, uh, like the Dover Demon. Uh, which I love, by the way, um, or the Loveland Frog, which is amazing. When I was in uh, junior high, our library had the, the Time Life series of paranormal books, which were just amazing. I always had at least one of them checked out, and I still remember this guy, uh, an illustration of this guy with a rod. He was a Celtic, a Druid maybe, and he was flying through the air along a ley line, and I thought, well, it's it's not probably real, but it's really cool to think about and to speculate on. I don't think the Loch Ness Monster is real at all, but it's fun to speculate. It's always fun to speculate. Uh, but I do think aliens are real, and I have an explanation for that. 
that makes sense. I don't have any evidence that it's true, but uh, here's my hypothesis. Okay, so if you're going to have faster-than-light travel, which a lot of Earth scientists have said is not at all possible, then your planet really needs to have its shit together. It's going to take a lot of resources. You have put everything negative behind you. There's no war. There's no poverty. There's no food insecurity. Um, you're going to have what in our eyes would be a utopian society. Okay. You've got your shit together. Okay. So aliens get in their spaceships and they go meeting other aliens that also have their shit together. And, um, they encounter Earth because we've been sending out radio signals and television signals for nigh on a hundred years. And they see our culture and how we do not have our shit together. And they're like, uh uh, nope, not going to visit them. Nope, not going to reach out, not going to make a first contact. These are dangerous people. They can't even get along with each other. Okay. And the only difference between them is maybe some variations in skin tone. I mean, how are they going to deal with a cephalopoid alien? Or how are they going to deal with a fish-like alien? Um, and I always think of like the Zindi in Star Trek Enterprise, where there were so many variations on a theme for aliens. I mean, and this is what they're thinking. So basically what they did was they got the alien equivalent of police do not cross tape, and they put it around our solar system. They're like, do not visit these people. They're primitive. We're going to come back every, say, thousand years and see if they've got their shit together um, because we've been doing that for a while. Um, and if they don't, we won't visit them, okay? We're going to stay away and let them either build their culture up the way we did or destroy themselves, in which case um, they left a lot of porn behind. We should probably go check that out. I have no idea if aliens are interested in that. I'm just putting a human spin on things, okay? But, yet, yeah, aliens are coming to Earth. But it's not the responsible, mature, adult aliens. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not, it's not the responsible, mature, adult aliens that respect the rule of law. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the aliens whose frontal lobes are not fully developed. Yep, that's right. I'm talking about teenage aliens, they see that police do not cross line, and they say, challenge accepted. So it's late on an alien Saturday night. They've got nothing to do. They figure, hey, let's, let's, let's sneak Dad's UFO out of the garage and go visit Earth. We can do some cow tipping. We can do some cattle mutilation. We can do some crop circles. Sure, why not? Um, and really, I think crop circles are human-made. I've seen people say, well, it's aliens trying to communicate with us. And I'm like, but if they've managed faster than light travel, I'm pretty sure they can figure out English. Like I said, we've been sending them radio signals for a hundred years. I think if they were going to communicate in a wheat field, they would put out a big, huge letters that say, you know, humans, get your shit together. Um, but they're not doing that. Um, it, they're, it's either humans or teenage alien assholes just doing it to freak us out. Um, so yeah, so the, the teenagers, bored, nothing to do, steal their dad's UFO, okay, come down to Earth, kidnap a few people, 
do some anal probes. Maybe that's a thing on their planet. Maybe maybe that's just how they shake hands. They're like, I'm going to stick my finger up your butt. You know, the same way dogs do. You know, I mean, that's how dogs greet each other. Maybe that's just their way of saying hello. I don't know. Maybe that's an alien high five. All right, you humans. Let me and okay, high five. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I think that's what it is. It's And that's why there are so many different kinds of aliens that people have reported, like the greys and the Nordics and, and the reptoids. I, I think it's just different species of teenage alien assholes, basically. You know, I mean, some teenagers are just great. They're just the greatest kids. They do everything right. They're helpful. Uh, they want to be good people. And then other teenagers, and I'm not saying I was one of the latter, but I was mostly this way, you know, they get bored easily and then they go mess some shit up. And I think that theory explains everything that we know about aliens. Flatwoods monster, teenage alien who's a UFO, couldn't figure out how to drive it, got broke down. Oh no, how do we fix it? Um, uh, Roswell uh, can't even fly the goddamn thing. I mean, they can fly it, but they don't know how to land it. They're like, let's land. Let's 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 mutilate some cows and and do some anal probes. And well, how do you land it? I don't know. How do you how do you land? None of them knew, so they just crashed. I think this hypothesis explains everything you need to know about aliens, and I am going to stick with it. That's my theory on aliens. Teenage assholes bored on a Saturday night, stealing dad's UFO. Arby's premieres the Roast Beef Deluxe. Do the Deluxe at Arby's. You'll love the delicious taste of Arby's very classy but very affordable new Roast Beef Deluxe. Heaped high with our lean, tender roast beef, then topped with tomatoes, lettuce, and mayonnaise, all on a long, hard baked deli roll. So come to Arby's and do the Deluxe. Delightful. Delectable. Delicious. Roast Beef Deluxe, one of four great deli specialties at Arby's. You kind of want some Arby's now, don't you? You're like, yeah, roast beef. Yeah, with horsey sauce. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, I actually did find a recipe to make, like, knockoff Arby's sauce once that actually was really good, but um, I, haven't, I haven't had much of an appetite lately, so whatever. Uh, anyway, chapter two, chapter two, let's talk about a fantastic podcast that I found thanks to Mike and Mateo over at the Whatcast. It is called the Kryptonaut Podcast. How is that for a name? That is pretty goddamn cool, I think. Um, I said earlier, getting a lot of exercise, getting out and walking is good for my mental health. It certainly is. It helps that I have a fantastic podcast to listen to. It used to be the Whatcast, but when I find a a podcast that I really like, I will go back and I will listen to it from the very beginning. And I have made it through every single episode of the Whatcast. Now, for reasons I can't figure out, Mike and Mateo just don't want to put out an episode every day. So I I have to move on to other things. Well, so here we are at the Kryptonaut Podcast, um, which I listened to a few episodes of, and I'm like, oh, damn, that's pretty cool. So I went back and I listened to all of them up through, I think I'm like around episode number 60, and I think they're somewhere around 100 now. It is just fantastic. Um, it is basically three guys, Rob, Chris, and Mark, who are good friends. Uh, they all have beards, and I'm not quite sure. Mike and Mateo have beards. I'm not quite sure what, what the deal is with bearded men and uh, 
the paranormal, but there you are. Uh, if you have a conspiracy theory about that, go for it. Um, but it, they're good friends, and they just talk about some pretty obscure things that I have never, never heard of. And in fact, one of my favorite episodes was pretty early on where they were talking about gargantuan gliders. And basically the story is, uh, just after World War I, some guys formed a flying club. They could actually buy uh, biplanes from the U.S. government as wartime surplus. I mean, what an age to live in. You can actually buy a biplane as wartime surplus. And they're flying around out on these mesas in the desert southwest, and they encountered what is basically like a gigantic space flap-flap. Um, it's it's like a big pancake that's partly organic, partly uh, mechanical, I think. Um, hard to tell from the description the guys, uh, the original guys gave with the planes. Um, it seems to be injured. It's spewing out weird metallic stuff. Another one comes along and either helps it or carries it off to be eaten. It's it's a lady and the tiger kind of ending. So, I mean, who knows? But, God, that was just so fantastic listening about that. I really loved it. And, in fact, I think when I get done recording this podcast, I'm going to go back and listen to that episode again because that was so much fun. Um, that was number 12, actually. Uh, my other really favorite episode that I loved was number 61 with the Christmas fairies. Um, and. I'm not sure if that was the title they used, but it was either uh, Christmas. It was either Christmas fairies. It, it, it took place in the 70s. This English housewife at home. Uh, she either one of three things happened here, folks. She was either visited by Christmas fairies, or she was visited by Christmas aliens, or she ingested either deliberately or accidentally. We may never know a very small amount of a hallucinogenic substance. Any, any road, it's, it's a fascinating story, and it's very, very well told. Um, Mark and Chris uh, have some awesome banter with each other. Uh, Rob tells most of the story, and then they just kind of start throwing shit out there, like, what could it be? And they're not afraid to go in directions that are just absolutely hilarious. Like, I was listening to the episode with, with Killer Bigfoot. Like I said, I'm not sure Bigfoot are real. I would love it if they were. Um, but, you know, footprints, they can be faked. Videos, they can be faked. Photos, they can be faked. Calls, they can be faked. You want to prove Bigfoot is real to me? Bring me a carcass. Bring me part of a carcass. Bring me the head of Bigfoot on a platter. And then I'll go, oh, yeah, I guess it's real. Damn. I was wrong. Sorry. Uh, but no, they're talking about killer Bigfoot. And uh, because some people think that Bigfoot is a gentle vegetarian like the great... Uh, apes or the gorillas that just eat leaves and others think he's basically this side of a homicidal maniac who knows but they're talking about him and they just kind of go off in very very playful directions like um you know detective sasquatch you know wearing a trench coat um uh, fedora probably smoking a cigarette foggy night under a lamppost and you know the the it's funny in context so you go back and listen to that episode definitely it was absolutely hilarious um i mean they also brought up the possibility of god what was it what was it they called it um i squatchlandia i can't remember maybe that was it um now i have two episodes i need to go back and listen to when i get done with this um but you know if you are a believer in the flat earth theory of course the flat earth is surrounded by walls of ice and what's on the outside of the walls of ice squatchlandia that's right. And um, 
Ah, uh, God, yeah. So, you know, for some reason, Sasquatch makes it over on this side. I don't know if he lost his car keys, couldn't find his cell phone, came over to find a mate, was trying to find a human to eat. I don't know. But it's funny to think about. Like I said, it's always fun to speculate about these things. These guys do a lot of speculation. Some of it's serious. Some of it is just being silly, which is great. Um, they take stuff seriously, but they don't take it so seriously they can't have fun with it. And they do have a lot of fun with it. And they do actually have uh, some pretty decent hypotheses. Now, if you're going to listen to this podcast, I have I have to give you a couple of, of caveats here. Um, when I listened to it and I started listening to it recent episodes, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I like the format they have. And then I went back and listened to early episodes and they were doing a lot of reviews that they get from people on Facebook and Apple iTunes and all of that. And they were doing them at the front of the episode. And I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's just kind of boring. I just want to hear about killer Bigfoots or whatever. Well, not. They changed it by then. Um, and so I would just kind of flash forward through those. And then somewhere around episode 50, they're like, well, we should do those at the end. And, and it, it kind of makes sense. It gets you into the meat of the episode a little bit faster. So be aware of that. The format changed. Uh, it's a little different. Um, I thought when, when I got to that and they said, you know, we're going to do the reviews at the end. I'm like, great. Once, once they get done with their podcast, I'll just, you know, stop listening and, and not bother with the reviews. But it turns out um, I like the reviews at the end and I actually do listen to them. And in all fairness, if they get a really shitty review, they own it. And I, just, I was just listening to an episode where they got like three reviews in a row that said, good podcast, but I'm giving you a low score because you guys swear so much. It's just F-bomb after F-bomb. And I'm like, that's why I fucking listen to it. It's great. Um, because I'm a potty mouth too. Uh, and so I got to give you that warning too. There, there, it, it, it is not safe for work. It's not safe for school. So there, there, there is, they have naughty words and they use them a lot. Uh, more than I do actually. So, um, but it is marked explicit on all the podcast uh, readers, so just be aware of that. Um, but it is it is funny as hell. It is it is awesome. You can tell these guys have just a lot of love and, and friendship for each other. They've known each other for a long time. They really enjoy the topics they talk about. They do find some really obscure things that I have never heard of, like the giant space flap flaps. So I am not getting—I mean, they did an episode about the Dover Demon— which I love, I, and I still cannot come up with a rational explanation for that. Um, I'm, I'm trying, but I, I don't have one. Um, uh, but they do talk about a lot of stuff that I have, I have never heard. So I am getting a lot of value for my money. They have awesome T-shirts uh, and artwork for sale. Uh, I'm going to include a link to that, too. Go, look, go and take a look. I'm going to get done with this podcast, and I'm probably going to buy a bunch of stuff. I've got my credit card sitting here on my desk. Um, I'm probably going to get the the t-shirt where they're done up uh, as members of kiss it's just amazing uh, the other thing i should tell you is oh, they are very pleasant to listen to mark and chris have fantastic voices it's it's not like you're listening to three rachel rays talking for an hour that would be terrible okay they have great speaking voices but rob morphy oh my god he is the Mel Torme of the podcast world. He just has an amazing voice. Um, prepare to be enthralled. Why this guy is not getting like voiceover work or audiobook work, I have no idea. You know what else his, his voice would be really good for? Like a children's librarian. 
like him just sitting down and reading if you give a mouse a cookie to a bunch of five-year-olds. I, he would have every moment of their attention. They would just be spellbound. Um, I would be spellbound. He has a fantastic voice. I wish I had half the voice he did. Um, but anyway, it's a fantastic podcast. It's very well done. It's very well put together. They talk about things you have never heard of, probably. Uh, I've got a couple of links in the show notes to my favorite episodes. Go take a listen. It's 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 a ton better than this podcast. My God, if you've gotten this far with this podcast, go listen to something that's actually quality. Uh, that commercial is from 1982, and, and I just love it. Um, all, both of these commercials were from 1982, and they just remind me of a time when the world was normal. And uh, I was alive in 1982, and shit was pretty fucked up back then. So for me to look back at 1982 and go, yep, that was normal, and wasn't it great? Uh, that's saying something about the world we live in now. Uh, anyway, we are to Chapter 3. Chapter 3 is May is Mental Health Month, at least if you are in the United States. Um, I put together some notes just to remind myself of a bunch of things, but uh, let me just tell you the story of, of where my mental health has been uh, recently. People who know me know that I get seasonal affective disorder every winter. Uh, it's getting worse as I get older. It usually starts just after Thanksgiving, early December, and uh, usually wraps itself up by the middle of January, end of January at the latest. And it has a lot to do with daylight. Uh, you know, when I wake up in the morning and it's dark and I go to work and it's dark and I'm at, I get out of work and it's dark, uh, it, it's, just, it's just pretty rough on me. And it's, it's playing with all sorts of things inside my brain. Uh, for some reason that I don't understand, um, it, it did not let go of me this year. Um, it's been, it's been hanging on. And, uh, when I stop and think about it and I, I look at my behaviors, uh, it, this actually probably started around Halloween. And so it's more than just seasonal affective disorder. It's, it's been, it's been an, a period of, of depression. Um, I was finishing up some coursework in March, I think. Uh, so I was very busy for about three weeks. I wasn't too bothered by it. I spent a week, uh, getting prepared to have my parents um, uh, in lockdown and myself in lockdown and uh, buying a lot of stuff, as much stuff as I, as I not hoarding, um, but I was trying to find appropriate things that I, I thought we would need for about four weeks. Um, and that kept me busy. And then, you know, we went into lockdown and I'm in my house 24 hours a day. And uh, my depression got very bad. Uh, and of course, depression's partner anxiety got even worse. Uh, my anxiety is still pretty high. Uh, it, it has continued to climb just like the coronavirus um, infection rate curve has climbed. Uh, this past week, depression-wise, was, was a little okay. Some things happened. Um, we opened up my work uh, at least a little bit. 
uh, split shifts. Uh, I'm there with one other person in the office for a couple of hours, and then I'm there the other hours uh, all by myself, uh, which is great. Actually, I can be really productive because I don't have people coming up and asking me questions all the time. Um, but being able to get out of the house and go do something productive has been very good for my mental health. Uh, it has helped the depression abate a little bit. I mean, I just wanted to have a conversation with somebody and be able to look them in the eyes. Uh, you know, I get very tired of communicating via text message and voicemail and, and email and phone calls. I, I want to be in the same room as somebody. And I live alone, so that's really hard. I've not seen my parents because I am I am going out and about doing the shopping for them. So I don't want to stop in and potentially contaminate them if I, if I have been infected. Um, but, uh, the other thing that's been really, really good for me is I, like I said earlier, I am getting out on, on good weather days and, uh, getting a walk in. I, my goal is always 10,000 steps a day. If I can get out early in the morning and then get out again when I get home from work, if I can get 16, 18,000 steps in a day and listen to a couple of episodes of the Kryptonaut podcast, I'm, I'm pretty good. That makes me pretty happy. Um, Getting physical exercise is really good. And today it's been raining all day. Actually, I I looked at the forecast and it said, well, it's going to start raining about one o'clock. So at 10 o'clock, I went out for a walk. I get about halfway there. It starts raining. I'm like, okay, well, let's start walking back. I didn't bring an umbrella. And uh, I get home and of course, then it stops. But about an hour later, it just downpoured and it's it stopped now. I might go again. I've only got about 6,000 steps in today, but I have been really productive getting this podcast done. Uh, so I feel good about that. Um, but it's 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 a little wet out there, but I'm, I may go again. I don't know. Um, the other thing that uh, I, I found that really, really helped me was I was going through some old podcast uh, episodes that I had downloaded onto my computer. Um, I, this is th- I've always downloaded podcasts to put them on my phone just because I, I never get a plan with a lot of data just because I can't pay for it. Um, and I used to live out in the country with really, really shitty internet service. And so I would just go to the library and I would download a bunch of stuff to listen to when I was out in the boondocks. Um, but I was going through some of these podcast episodes and uh, your pal and mine, Will Wheaton, uh, had recorded an episode a couple of years ago of Radio Free Burrito called The Super Happy Brain Club. And he spent most of that episode talking about mental health and about uh, the experiences he had. Um, he's been on some medications, and then they, as sometimes happens, they start to be not as effective. So you've got to go back in and try some new things. And and he talked about that and um, talked about some of the things he was able to do once he got to the right combination of medications, um, he also talked about how anxiety kind of, kind of hamstrings our behaviors. You know, it doesn't let us do things that we would normally love to do uh, as a self-protection mechanism. And I think part of anxiety is probably at some kind of self-protection mechanism gone awry. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a psychologist, but it, it gave me a lot to think about, and it was a little shining beacon of light that uh, that showed there is a way out of this. Um, it just takes time, it takes work, and it takes being open and honest about things, which is why I am recording this podcast. Um, because, like I said earlier, one of my hopes uh, that something good that comes out of this current pandemic is that we become more open and honest when it comes to talking about mental health. We, we really, really, really need to do that. Um, 
depression is a disease just like anything else. Um, it's not just being sad all the time um, because I'm, I'm pretty happy most days, and I think most people do that. Now, how much of that is just, you know, me trying to cover something up? I don't know, but um, I try to be happy uh, as much as possible. That, that is a choice. Even if I'm depressed, I can choose to be happy. Uh, Will Wheaton described his depression as, as being in a loud room. And for me, that's my anxiety. My anxiety is, in a, is being in a loud room. And of course, suddenly when I'm home alone and there's nothing going on, you know, all I hear is that loud room. I don't hear anything else, which is why it was so great for me to, to get back in the presence of other people, social distancing while we're doing it. Um, for me, though, my depression, it's like something heavy on me. Um, I've, I've, I've talked about like being hit with a rogue wave. It's just suddenly there, and it's just this huge weight of water that's pushing me down. Um, because I'm a sci-fi kind of person, I, I've also told people, you know, it feels like the artificial gravity is, is way too high. Um, it, it just it pulls my shoulders down. It pulls my head down. It's, it just, it's just hard to move. That's how I experience depression. It's different than how Will experiences depression. Everybody experiences depression in, in their own, own sort of way. Um, now, where does depression come from? Well, I think it has two sources. One is biology uh, and or genetics, however you want to look at it. And there is certainly a family history of depression in my, fam in my family. Um, it's just a thing. Uh, I know it's there. Uh, I know I have to to deal with it on on that level, and that's why sometimes you you do need medications, um, uh, because it's it's a it's a it's a brain chemistry thing that's out of out of whack, and you need some medications to help you get it back into whack. I don't know if the opposite of out of whack is in whack, um, but there you go. English is a strange language. Um, but the other place that depression comes from is is trauma, and we've we've all had trauma. Um, I've had trauma. Uh, we're all going through a collective trauma right now. Um, so, you know, we, we need to deal with that as, as, a, as a community. Um, you know, one of the ways I'm dealing with it is, is trying to be creative and trying to get a podcast done. And I'll tell you, when we went into lockdown, I thought, God, I will get so much shit done. You know, there's not much going on. I'm working from home, but there's not that much work going on because we're basically shut down. I'll get a bunch of writing done. I'll, I'll get a bunch of podcasting done. And, and it just didn't happen. Um, it's, the, it's the depression. It's the anxiety. And I knew part of what my, my blockage was was that I needed to talk about those things. And I've always felt weird talking about my mental health issues because it's, it's always come across to me as like asking people to feel sorry for you. Um, and that's part you know, it's not, that's not what I'm doing, but that's part of the stigma that we have in this country uh, when it comes to talking about mental illness. You know, when people talk about their mental illness, not, they don't want you to feel sorry for them. Uh, you know, that's part of what we need to change in our culture when it comes to talking about mental illness. You know, and that's one of the reasons I am so completely grateful to Will Wheaton because he let me know. He's done a couple of things for me. I mean, first of all, when I started listening to Radio Free Burrito, he let me know, hey, you, you can be a podcaster too, and podcast for fun and profit. And I have certainly had a lot of fun and um, a huge, huge negative amount of profit. Um, but the other thing he let me know was that it is okay to talk about these things. What's not okay is to go around feeling like shit all the time. And if that's you... Uh, and it's certainly me, um, you need to get help, okay? Um, 
so anyway, um, that's kind of where I'm coming from right now. Uh, before uh, we were going into lockdown, uh, I was actually looking for a therapist and trying to figure out some ways to do that. Psychology Today actually has uh, a Find a Therapist link on their webpage, and I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes to that. Um, I think therapists are going to be really, really busy, and I think OBGYNs are going to be really busy in about nine months. Um, and that's okay. That's another way to deal with stress and anxiety and depression. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what else I want to say. I, I don't know. I just feel I feel better for having said this. Um, if this is something you need to say, then uh, you've got a few options. If you have people in, in the same house as you, uh, which I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here alone, which is really, really bad. But anyway... Um, if you have people in the same house to you, you can reach out to them. Um, you can also start your own podcast or a blog and talk about this because this is stuff that, that needs to be out there. Okay. Um, you can leave a comment in the show notes down below, which would be great. Uh, you can also reach out to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and I will include a link in the show notes about that as well because they have a ton of resources. They normally have a lot of resources available on their website. They have even more now because of the current pandemic. So um, there are things you can do. I will try to include some useful links in the show notes. Um, just remember, it's it's not okay to suffer. It's not okay to suffer in silence. You know, that is a thing that uh, uh, it goes along with, with toxic masculinity, too, if you're a guy that, oh, I, I'm just going to feel like shit. And, and that's how it goes. That's the way life is. And you know what, buddy? No, it's not. It's not okay to feel like that. Um, and it is definitely okay to reach out and ask for help. That's fine. That's, that's what real men do. So get off the toxic masculinity uh, bandwagon on that thing. Um, no, get some help. Uh, my anxiety is still really high. My depression is getting better. Talking about it, uh, listening to great podcasts, getting exercise, listening to the Super Happy Brain Club, um, all really help. Thinking about the way things used to be and having fond memories, that really helps. Thinking about the future, uh, that 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 kind of helps. Um, I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I was I was attacked by a dog, and I was I was pretty messed up. And, um, it was, it was in the summer. It was just before school started. And I just kept thinking to myself, well, you know, by the time Christmas rolls around, I will feel a lot better. This will all be behind me. And the fact of the matter is Halloween came and went and I was out trick or treating and I, I hadn't even thought about it. It was well behind me by then. That is a coping strategy that I have employed many, many times in my life. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm trying to do it now. Um, you know, because people keep talking about, well, when is our world going to get back to normal? Uh, will our world get back to normal? Yeah, yeah, it will. Will I get back to normal? Um, I think I'll get back to a different normal. Um, right now, like I said, my anxiety is really, really high. We are not handling this crisis well in, in the United States at all. Um, I am actually washing clothes in my bathtub. I, I did a load of socks and underwear yesterday, and I did a, I, I did a load of shirts today. They're hanging up drying. So, uh, which is not bad because at least it's exercise. Uh, but we are not handling this crisis really well in the United States because we are not a country that's very smart. Uh, we have a lot of people that are like, I don't believe in science. And they scare me because, you know what, fuckers? Science is not something you believe in. Uh, and I don't want to get too political here. Um, 
but but those people are out there and they are adding to my anxiety. Uh, it does not help that that President Tide Pod is completely and totally uh, unprepared and and unqualified to, to deal with a crisis of this magnitude. And uh, I am worried that he will be reelected, which would be a terrible thing for this country. But um, you know what? Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna do what it takes to get myself better, and I will deal with those things as they come, uh, as we all will. So until then, take care of yourself. Ask for help if you need it. And bliss out.
That was Ghost Town by the Swedish group Yes I Am. I originally played that song back in Project Wide Awake number five, and that's a great song. It has a great bass line. I really love it. That line, Polaroids and Dust, I actually stole that to write a story in my zine. So I'm that's one of the reasons I love that song so much, uh, that and the great bass line. Uh, that song and the Get Up Kids, 10 Minutes, that I played at the beginning, which, by the way, I lied. I never played that on the on Project Wide Awake. It was in episode number three of the Silent Noise Project, so even I can't keep track of my shit, and aliens are never going to come visit me, at least the good aliens. Anal probe aliens? Oh, yeah, they're going to come do butt stuff, but nah, 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 nah. Um, but anyway, both of those songs came to me via Mevio's Music Alley, which was a wonderful thing in its day. It had lots of great music, had comedy clips. It had been started by Adam Curry of MTV VJ fame. If you remember the, the blonde guy with a lot of hair, that was him. He started that. It was a wonderful thing. It is now sadly defunct, and I miss it terribly. Uh, this episode, I did not do a whole lot of editing. Usually I go through and I take out a lot of the the breathy moments, the uh, ums and the errs, and uh, I just said, fuck it, I need I need to get it done. So there's probably about five extra minutes of me just going, um, in here. Sorry about that. Uh, but our revels now are ended, and it is time to part ways. Uh, you have been listening to The Silent Noise Project. Uh, my name's Ken. Thanks for hanging out with me. The Silent Noise Project is released under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution share-alike license. So... F- um, enjoy. And by the way, you've listened to me this long. You are now under my control, I think. You, watching this at home, worship me. I command you, become my willing thralls and live eternally. That's all for this edition of the People's Court. Oh, the sweet, sublime feeling of complete obedience to your evil master. Come, serve me, the Prince of Darkness. I command it! Pay me! Let's go. Wait, 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 wait one second. Oh, pay me! Oh, pay me! Remember. Remember, if someone cheats you on a business dealing and you feel you're being intimidated, don't take the law into your own hands. <laughs>